So, Russell, I just picked up today my copy of Fallout 4, and I'm quite excited about it because I've had it pre-ordered for a while. Since I bought my PlayStation, I figured, hey, I should you know, actually get a new game to play. So I pre-ordered Fallout 4 and I picked it up today, and I'm about to pre-order an iPad Pro. So, oh, whoa, 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 one, one thing at a time, Mr. Jelly. So firstly, like I'll tell you in this office, we have a Fallout 4 story as well, so Chris, our designer, he pre-ordered his copy and he's just like jumping up every single time someone presses the doorbell by the He's like, it's Fallout, it's Fallout. <laughs> and meanwhile, he pre-ordered, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Mo- Monica, meanwhile, just strolls down to the store casually, grabs a uh, a copy of Fallout 4 and just wanders back into the office. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, see, he'd, he'd pre-ordered, I guess, because he wanted it obviously day one and he was excited. And I think he also maybe got some deal through somewhere, but... It's just funny to me that, you know, there used to be a time when, when games would sell out. So the entire point of pre-ordering a game was that you knew that if you went to, you know, JB Hi-Fi or EB Games or wherever on earth you buy, you know, your games, that right. you'd go there and they'd be out of stock or yeah. there'd be a line. But I don't think that really happens anymore. Like I've never seen a game like be completely sold out. Yeah, for, at least not for the big games. Like a lot of the giant games from giant publishers tend to be manufactured in giant quantities so it's not really a thing to be running out of stock of those games and then you kind of mix in the fact that the world is kind of going digital with this stuff and so you could technically just buy it on the internet and download it to your console and you know pre-ordering becomes kind of like why pre-order and so then you know now publishers do these things where you go into like uh, so that you know the the pre-order that i did was called a nuke pack uh so you got some extras in there or something i got like i got a lunchbox like a tin <laughs> lunchbox which is awesome uh and a little oh, the school head. kids are gonna love that when when you take that to school i know right i'm gonna be the most popular kid <laughs> on the playground so, you know, publishers are doing these things to try and get people to, to pre-order. So, wait, wait, I have to know, Did you? what exact reason did you pre-order for? Like, did you just want the game on day one or did you want all the extra bits that came with it? Well, what happened was I went in and I bought a, a PlayStation 4 probably a couple of months, months ago now. I kind of finally figured out what I wanted to do as far as new game consoles and the, the PlayStation 4 was my, my choice. So I went in and picked one up and at the time I like I was like, okay, well I need obviously need games to play on this thing, because otherwise it's not gonna be that much fun. So I picked up a couple of games and I thought, well, I could also pick up a pre order for a game and that way I can like have a new game when it comes out. Because I I'm the sort of guy that typically like strolls down to E B and picks up a game that's like, you know, uh pre owned and so it's covered in yellow stickers and is probably not that scratched and then i play it and i'm, I'm done <laughs> and, like and a, some punks already claimed all the dlc yeah i don't i don't care about that but i that, that's the <laughs> sort of thing right like i typically play games several months or several weeks at least after they've uh, been you know been released i mean i just was telling you earlier about how i was just playing uh the last of us and that's from a year or two ago I, I can't even. I don't even remember when it came out. Yeah, it was. It was at least a year or two ago. So wait a minute. You're not. You're not. Don't think you're getting away with this. Like I, I know this is a one-topic show, and we're only allowed to do one topic. But I did just hear you slip into there that you're going to pre-order an iPad Pro. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. iPad Pro. What? Well, it, what? It, it, so it, you have checked the price of those in Australia, haven't you? 
I, I don't think I don't think they've actually announced a price for those. I, I hate to tell you, but uh, twelve forty nine, and then an extra hundred and sixty five dollars for a pencil. Actually, so that's less than what I thought it was going to be. So that's awesome. <laughs> that's that's a, the, the lowest that's even model. Better. I assume the thing is right that I'm going to use it as a as mostly as a Wacom. It's going to replace my currently old Wacom. Uh, I have a Cintiq which has a screen in it. And uh, I totally plan on replacing, like completely replacing that kind of get up because it has like this thick ass cable that is basically like a child's arm. But don't you need some kind of software to go with that? Like how, how are you actually going to get the stuff that you're doing so from I have, your iPad to I have your an computer? App. I have an app called AstroPad that hooks up to the Mac and lets you use it like a graphics tablet like a, with a regular iPad. And I have used it with a regular iPad, except the problem is with the, all the old iPads, uh, I haven't really found a good stylus that I like because most of them are like chunky, like whiteboard markers. And that's not really something that I want to be yeah, with all the, uh, with. the fake fingertips on the end. Ah, oh, you know, I'm, I'm really disappointed and, uh, I'm disappointed in myself because I was hoping to, um, have something to pay you out about, but it turns out you have a legitimate use for an iPad pro. I, I think I'm going to have to allow this. I thought you were going to be like, I'm replacing my desktop with this revolutionary new computer and I was going to reach my hand through this uh, microphone and I was going to physically slap you like really hard. Uh, How am I going to... iPads don't have Xcode. I can't do... Like I can't (laughs) do coding. I I mean, I could use Coda to to do web stuff, but I can't use Xcode so I can't produce apps on the thing. So I won't be replacing my MacBook Pro with it, but I'll I'll definitely be replacing uh, at least part of my gear with it. So... I'm gonna. I'm. I'm, I'm pre-ordering one. I. I kind of. I kind of thought about it for a bit, and I was like, oh, maybe I should just wait, and I should go into a store, and I should, you know, I should actually try it out before I use it, uh, before I, you know, buy one for myself. And I figured, well, I'd only go in for like ten minutes, and I'd play around with it, and I might draw a scribble, and that's not really kind of, it's not really an ideal way of testing the thing. Whereas, I mean, Apple have got pretty good return policies. It's like fourteen yeah. days, and they don't really ask fourteen any questions. Days. So there's normally sometimes sometimes there is a restocking fee, like sometimes there isn't. So this brings us to an interesting question. Like obviously, um, there's two questions here: is like one, why do games companies do pre-orders, and I guess maybe even separately, why do Apple do pre-orders? And I feel like these days a lot of game companies do pre-orders because they're terrified of the review process. I think they they want to get as many copies sold based on the hype, you know, that they're generating. If it's for example Fallout Four, you know, there's there's at least three fallouts in theory before that and halo five i know there's all sorts of other bits and pieces but you know there were four halos before that and i think if you're you know the least bit worried about getting savaged by the game press you get as many pre-orders as you can in there because the whole point of a pre-order is someone pays you money up front you know you you take the cash monies and then you give them the game so even if the game gets a review of you know 1.0 on polygon or something out of 10 um you still pay for the game so haha whereas i think companies like apple I think, you know, they do pre-orders probably more as a way to figure out how much they need to manufacture, you know, in the future. Presumably they make, I don't know, 2 million, let's say, iPad Pros. They look at the pre-orders and they're like, you know, that number was right or we're way wrong. We need to start, you know, cranking up the production on ready for, you know, when it actually goes on sale. So it's actually interesting because uh, like you, you would think that with most companies, they they're pre, they do pre-orders to f- try and figure out how much stock they require. But the thing about Apple's pre-orders, right, is that, they actually run out of pre-orderable stuff or or rather they don't run out. You can still pre-order, but it just becomes like the, the manufacturing time kind of uh, goes out. 
So it's kind of like they've already pre-considered how much they've uh, manufactured. And in fact, they've probably actually manufactured stuff. There's already stuff manufactured by the time you are pre-ordering. But they have like a limited quantity that will set, that will go out on the first you know first day, and then it kind of the the shipping time becomes you know weeks and then I guess months and then June two thousand sixteen. <laughs> Never, <laughs> and I mean you contrast that to like a game, and I've actually seen pictures of the the kind of factories that they stamp these games in and it's literally the reason it's called stamping is because it's literally the image is stamped onto the back of the um uh you know the the cd and so the, this thing these machines can produce like tens of thousands of these things oh, yeah. like you know in just no time at all and it's it's not hard to you know get those into stores and you know just get tons and tons of them into into the retail channels and there's no real there's not a huge cost into getting it wrong like if you print you know, a hundred thousand too many copies of Fallout Four. You don't really lose a lot of money. Like each copy of those isn't worth like a thousand dollars, like uh, you know, an iPad Pro might be. And the thing about it is, is that like pre-orders kind of have this uh, really high probability of going wrong when, uh, like, for consumers that is, because pre-orders oh, don't you mean necessarily like not, not receiving it on the right day and all that sort of stuff. Or well, yeah, I mean, there's that. Like, I mean, what happens if it gets like delayed for some reason or? or whatever but also like companies uh, i don't i don't want to be like you know like the sort of person that's you know very cynical about the you know life in general but companies are not necessarily the most trustworthy bunch and it's quite normal now for games to like come out and they have a massive patch on day one because there were bugs when they shipped and they're not really finished oh, properly. And as, just as someone with slow internet, let me tell you, that's every single game I've ever bought is like, I'm so excited to play this. I'm so excited. I, I grab the um, the disc, I take it home, I put it in my Xbox. I'm like, sweet. And then it's like, hey, 6.7 gig update. See you in four hours time. And you're like, <laughs> so, so I went in to pick up. Today I went into EB to pick up my my pre-order and the girl at the, the the girl at the counter says says to me I it's it's really good it's really good there's only like 250 meg uh you know patch to to download before you start playing and I'm like wow that is good compared <laughs> comparatively <laughs> she's like yeah small. she's like yeah the the uh the 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 PC version of the game is 26 gig <laughs> I'm like, holy, yeah. what? That's insanity. Yeah, for anyone that's ever played like a Witcher 3 or a Forza, like the patches for those things are ginormous. Like I literally have to leave it on all night and then some just to get the patch. And if you play anything online, it, the whole thing just locks you out. It's like, no, 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 no more playing online until you uh, finish downloading this. Yeah, I hate that. Every time that an update comes up, I'm like, oh, I've got, I need to, I want to, I have like 10 minutes to play a game and you're going to spend <laughs> half of that downloading the update. It's so unfair. So unfair. So, so, I mean, do you think pre-orders are, let's focus on the game industry maybe. Like, do you think pre-orders are a good thing for the game industry, like on the whole? See, I don't, I think it kind of differs. I think pre-orders would probably be good for like indie developers because it means that they've kind of, you know, you're kind of supporting them in a way. Like, you kind of, like indie developers, I don't think have very much money. I know I don't have very much money, so that probably means the same thing for game developers. Whereas, you know, big companies, they just kind of churn these things out. They've got, you know, 
hundreds of millions of dollars that go into games and it's not exactly like you know it's not like exactly like any of them are going hungry uh except for maybe the fact that you know they go into like crunch mode at the end and that is a oh, terrible thing gu- that guaranteed can... they're still overworking like all the lowest levels of their developers the oh, industry yeah. is, is but, you brutal know, they, they can still go home and have you know have dinner or maybe have dinner yeah. on the way home because they can't be can't be <laughs> stuffed you know cooking or, or more do. like ha- have have dinner at work and then keep working. <laughs> you know, well, possibly that. But the the thing is, is like they're, they're not, you know, with indie games, like, you know, one developer, two developers, three developers, four, you know, they might be investing in it. And, you know, you, so by pre-ordering the game, you're, you know, you're helping them out and you're, you know, kind of supporting somebody that you think is awesome. And for, but for big companies, like it's not quite the same thing. And so pre-orders are like, well, what's really the point other than the fact that I got this really cool bobblehead with my copy of Fallout 4? <laughs> and he's all like, bing, bing. Oh, look at him. Look at him go. And I think the other thing about it is, um, if you think about it, they're they're trying to cash in on the hype. You know, the second the hype train, you know, arrives and there's trailers and you get you get all the fans super excited, the best time to grab their cash is is right then. You know, because if they you give them too long, they might start making rational decisions. They might be like, I might wait for some reviews, or I might just give it a week or two and, and see what other people think. Like if you can get them in that moment where they're just mega mega excited and take their money straight away then i mean that's a good business yeah i mean it makes i mean it makes sense from a business perspective and it's i mean that's the whole point of companies right i mean companies exist to kind of service their stockholders or whatever you know they're 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 income generators they're designed to make money that's their entire purpose for being entire purpose yeah exactly and so it makes sense that you know they would just do everything they possibly can to make you know to do that i mean it's sad that they kind of screw the industry over by you know by releasing fin- unfinished uh you know problematic games but uh, i mean it's it's kind of a it's kind of a weird area yeah it is a bit strange i mean the, there has been some you know games in the recent past like the the assassin's creed before the current one i can't remember what it was called the one that, one that came out no, is that the current, current one? Syndic- is that- current ones. It was Assassin's Creed. It was the one that I didn't get. Assassin's Creed, the one that Jelly didn't get. Yes, it's riddled with bugs. Like by all accounts, like the game was, yeah. it was playable, but it was only playable just. Like it would, you know, drop frames left, right, and center. There'd be there'd be scenes where you'd be playing, and just the characters that are meant to be in your dialogue would just physically fall out of the sky, you know, because <laughs> they're meant to be in that scene. There was even people posting screenshots of. Um, these grotesque-looking characters, where for some reason the front of their faces hadn't been rendered, so you could actually <laughs> see like their skulls. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. you got to you got to look this up. It's insane, like the amount of bugs that were in that game. But of course, Assass- Assassin's Creed being a huge franchise, they got a massive amount of pre-orders, and I I do wonder, like, is there a limited amount of times that you can do that before your fan base, you know, catches on? And I wonder if that's a bit cynical on their part, being like, mm, this game's not. You know, super polished. There'll be another game next year that we're going to release anyway. Let's just push this thing out the door and and get as many pre-orders as we can. And I think that's kind of part of what the problem is within that kind of an area, right? Is that they're just like they're just churning these things out. I mean, people people say that like that uh, Hollywood churns out movies and just you know it's all about the money making, and that may very well be true. But I think it's even more true in games. Like they just churn these things out, like franchises. I mean, we're up to like uh, I think the current, you know, the most recent Assassin's Creed uh, Syndicate is 
probably like the sixth or seventh game in the series. Oh yeah, that they jam that thing full. They even sometimes um, stick extra ones in between. They have like right. a yearly release cycle, and they still jam ones in between that. So right, They're like, the, here's like the they same had, character in a slightly different story. They had uh, Assassin's Creed one, Assassin's Creed two, and then they had like this Assassin's Creed brotherhood or something and then there was another one that i've forgotten the name of and then finally they came out with the with assassin's creed 3 which was actually the fifth game (laughs) makes tons of sense and then they've kind of just kept on going oh yeah yeah. like the story ended and then they just kept on like pushing out new games i i don't know how like it, it seems like a really bad way of doing business because it means that like if they ever if they run into any problems I guess I guess they've got the pre-orders, so they don't actually care. Uh, they just, you know, just well, I'll just ship it. That that actually yeah. sounds like a really great way of making money, but it's kind of also Genius. awful for you know for people who actually have to download these you know twenty six gig patches on day one. Oh yeah, I mean, don't even get me started on you know EA Sports and like FIFA and Madden and and that whole series where every year they just they tweak the game a little bit they they just pull bits out and they push other bits in and they're like here's FIFA 16 here's FIFA 17 here's FIFA 18 here's 19 and they just do not stop like i imagine the development cycles in some of these games would probably only be 6 months long like it has to be really short considering the amount of you know planning and development and, and the way they push these things out so not a lot changes year to year but they they still like you know pre-orders and sales and they they still sell in like huge numbers so yeah, you're right. It's definitely not not as even as brutal as Hollywood. I think the games industry is, you know, something else to itself. So what? I mean, to contrast that, what do you think of the idea of Kickstarter? So now you see a lot of these, um, you know, indie game developers and even some some big sort of names that you know have stepped down from the various development houses that they work out and have kind of gone out on their own seem to to gravitate towards Kickstarter where. You're not really selling pre-orders, are you? It's more you're selling the concept of something that might, you know, yeah. appear down the track. So I think the thing with with Kickstarter, right, is that you, uh, in order to really succeed on Kickstarter, you need to have kind of a fan base of some kind, right? It's because it's all about crowdfunding. I mean, that is kind of what yeah. it is. So you have to have some sort of fan base, and so you've seen we've seen a lot of. Uh, Indie development shops set up that have you know that you know they're they're a well known person from the industry that you know created this game but now has you know got you know struck out on their own and they're going to build this amazing new eight bit thing. Yeah, and they've been knocked back by so many houses, but you know, you if you just pledge a bit of money, you can help them, you know, achieve their dreams. And I mean, that's see, I I like Kickstarter in in some ways. Um, like sometimes I do actually have people that I want to support. Uh, in so far as uh, there's a women comic that I read called Multiplex, and the uh, the guy that does it is a you know a friend of mine. Uh, and uh, we I so you know when he comes out with a new book, you know, based off his webcomic, he uh you know will kickstart it to try and get the funding up for, you know, doing the actual printing and all that sort of stuff. And I, I'm quite happy to go and, you know, pledge seventy bucks for a twenty dollar book. I mean that's kind of how Kickstarter works. But uh you know, I, I think it's a whole other thing when you're kind of going in on something that you don't necessarily you don't necessarily know what's going to come out of it, and I've definitely had Kickstarters that have gone just completely awry, right? Um, you know, yeah. ones that have taken <laughs> yeah, yeah, years yeah. to ship. Um, I so I backed this thing once. It was called a Galileo. I think I think it was called a Galileo. I still have it. It's it's essentially like 
it's a an iPhone stand. Uh, we both back this thing. Yeah, it's Is this the thing where you clip your iPhone into it and it spins your iPhone around yeah. at like all different angles? Yeah. yeah so. so it spins oh around and lets you take like 360 degree shots and you can do things. And I was like, yeah, this is awesome. I could use this to film stuff. Uh, I can, you know, get these really kind of cool, uh, you know, cool panning movements and do it automatically and do all that sort of stuff. It sounded great. Uh, and when they sh- when they when I backed it, we were still using the 30 pin connector for the iPhone. And then the iPhone what was it, the 5 came out and they changed yeah, so it to I think, the lightning connector? Yeah, I remember this really well. So the, the thing, the Kickstarter came out when the iPhone 4 was still around, so not yeah. even 4S. Yeah. And I think they promised delivery in about six months, maybe a tiny bit longer. And that six months blew out to a year, which blew out to two years. And then suddenly, yeah, you had the iPhone 5 with a completely different connector on the bottom. And now... Then they gave you the choice. They're like, well, do you want the one that we promised you that'll ship in about three months? Or do you want this extra like Bluetooth bit that'll take, you know, another three months? And you're like, uh, uh, just, just give me something. So in the end, um, I just went for the 30 pin thing and it arrived. And I think I used it for like, you know, five minutes with my old iPhone 4S. <laughs> and I'm like, this is cool, but I kind of wish I hadn't ordered this thing. So I, I backed, I, I decided to go for the Bluetooth one. Um, because I figured, well, I'm not going to use, I'm not going to even have my four probably because I'm probably like, I, I have a tendency with pho- the phones to like, you know, do hand-me-downs to my parents or something. So I wasn't even sure if I would have the right, uh, right one, something with the right connector. So I was like, well, I better get Bluetooth and, you know, then it'll be fine. Like I'll be good for, you know, the next however many years, uh, you know, while they, as long as they don't change the lightning connector, I'm fine. Right. Right, <laughs> uh, and then they kind of, and then that didn't ship for ages. And then I think I just got this parcel one day, and I was like, "What is this?" And I opened it up. And I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" I think I backed this like three years ago. How did it finally it- arrive? <laughs> and then I'm like, um, I, I think I used it. And then the following, like the next iPhone that came out was the uh, was the six. <laughs> <laughs> and i got a six plus yeah. and now i'm like well i can't use it because it doesn't fit my phone awesome <laughs> awesome well, that's the thing about kickstarter is it's the ultimate way as long as you can generate enough hype or you have a fan base it's the ultimate way of turning an impulse purchase like an impulse kind of you know oh, i'm not sure into like an impulse buy because there's a button there and they're all like you know if this doesn't get backed we're not going to take your money and blah 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 and you're like wow and it's not really about a product. You're not pre-ordering. You're not buying something. You're just you're helping us create and helping us achieve our our dreams. But the thing is, right? People do treat it like pre-ordering. Like people, tr- and in fact, there are things like you you'll see ads around the place. And I have a friend who actually like tweets them when they come up. You, you'll see ads around the place that have like a big button that says pre-order and it says and it takes you to Kickstarter and, or it'll say <laughs> buy now and it'll take you to Kickstarter and it's just it's the most stupid thing and a lot of the times like you know the product's not great or it's not finished and it's just like uh, pre-ordering has a tendency to go wrong I think and I think you know Kickstarter especially ah oh, especially especially if there's hardware involved because you've got all these companies that have either never made hardware before or they've never made yeah. this particular kind of hardware and they they generally they, they want to promise you something in two years' time because they know no one's going to back that. So they have to be as aggressive as they can, you know, with all their schedules. And invariably, like I think almost every single thing I've backed has shipped late. And what always happens is I go through this cycle. I'm super excited about something I ordered. I order it. I keep up to date with it for maybe a month. And then I completely forget about the fact that I'd ever ordered it. 
And it's like you said, one day a box turns up and you're like, what is this? And then you open it and you're like, oh, yeah, like I ordered one of those. Here it is. And then you, you plug it all in and nine times out of ten you think to yourself, one, why did I get this? I don't need this. And two, it doesn't, it's not actually that good. Like it's not as good as the, the you know, the product demos made it out to be. I remember I got yeah. this, um, this thermometer. It was called a Thermodo, I think. I got one of those. And I thought as well. it was a, oh, you got one. <laughs> yes. We should compare Kickstarter purchases sometimes. <laughs> but the whole thing is it's designed to go in, on your uh, keychain, which goes in your pocket. Yeah. Yeah. The entire thing's encased in metal. So what happens invariably is when you pull it out of your pocket, it will tell you what temperature it was in your pocket for a good five minutes before it decides to, actually you know give you the real well, mine temperature was, outside mine went on my keychain for a while and then at some point and i have no idea when it just uh, i discovered that i still had the cap but the actual thermometer bit was gone <laughs> awesome guys great design well done i mean it's it's think about it it's sometimes kickstarter feels like it's almost as if like you're listening to the most amazing um podcast ever yeah, and you get so excited. You're like, oh, I just want half an hour of this. I want like another hour of this. Jelly and yeah. Russell are so amazing. Yeah, and then you just hear, boom, 